0: New week, new hurdle. What's going on guys? You are listening to episode 53 of Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from entrepreneurs to top CEOs and athletes about how they got through tough times, hurdles of sorts by leaning into wellness. Today's episode, I'm chatting with Zevia CEO Patty Spence. Before we get to it, quick shout out to my sponsor, Athletic Greens. Complete with 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, Athletic Greens gives me just the boost I need to kickstart every day off right. They are offering hurdle listeners a special deal. It's 20 travel packs, a $79 value with your first purchase for absolute absolutely free. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com/hurdle to claim it. No code necessary. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/hurdle. One of my favorite quotes from today's episode, Patty says, "Find the craziest risks you can take." and go after them. The Zevia CEO, he reevaluated his entire life back in 1995 after his brother passed away unexpectedly on the job as a paramedic and 3 months later, the former Kashi vice president of sales left his job to follow his heart. Now, he had a stint in market research, and then the Massachusetts native bought Zevia, and his life changed forever. In today's episode, I know I wasn't holding back. I asked Spence all about the risks of diet soda drinking, and then he really gets honest with me and gives me the lowdown about their line of naturally sweetened, zero calorie, zero sugar sodas, energy drinks, and mixers. We also chat about his biggest business failures. He talks to me about how he cut out all sugar from his diet about 20 years ago, which is insane to me and also super impressive. And we chat things that we both love like endurance events and triathlons. And he tells me about how he swam from Alcatraz to San Francisco because that is just something extraordinary humans like Patty do every now and again. Let me tell you, I recorded this episode a couple of months back in Los Angeles and listening back to it today, I'm reminded of just how awesome and refreshing it is that I get to talk to such a wide array of individuals on the regular. Patty is humble and intelligent and in a society today where the average American drinks 47 gallons of soda a year. He's really trying to make a difference for the benefit of overall public health and I think that's pretty rad. I'm releasing this episode from London this week and to be honest, I'm super excited just to take a little bit of a breather after a hectic April. You guys know the drill. Just because I'm in another country doesn't mean that I'm not on the gram. Hit me up at Hurdle Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Huge shout out to all of you for the awesome feedback I got on last week's Hurdle Moment. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, it's four strategies that I used recently to get rid of negative self-talk. I got super vulnerable, and I really appreciate the messages that I got from you all reaching out, telling me you appreciate it, telling me that you've been going through something similar. I think it's really special that we can have these open and honest conversations together. And of course, feel free to shoot me your own hurdle moments. You can email me anytime you want. It's emily at hurdle.us. I promise. I see your messages coming in, and I do my best, my absolute best, to get back to you as soon as I can. And that's all for now. With that... Let's get to hurdling. I'm excited to be sitting here today with Patty Spence. He's the CEO of Zevia. Hey. Hey. Let's talk a little bit about what Zevia is.
1: Absolutely. So Zevia is a a brand that uh, makes zero calorie drinks. And our business really grew out of uh, my own personal habits and my wife. We went off of sugar almost 20 years ago. And I didn't know I was a sugar addict, but I was a hardcore sugar addict and started doing a food journal and realized just how much sugar I consumed and we knew there had to be a better way. And so I found this company eight years ago and it was the first company putting Stevia into a carbonated beverage. Mm -hmm. Sounds simple, right? Yeah. Uh, Soda, we know it's bad and it's largely the sugar or the artificial sweetener, so let's just make a better mousetrap here. Interesting. Um, So that was eight years ago and we've really changed the soda category since then.
0: And when you say you found Zevia, you weren't the person that created the company, you discovered the company. That's correct. It was a tiny startup.
1: just pioneering this new type of drink. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I was able to partner with the founders and uh, I've been the CEO for eight years now.
0: There's so much to unpack in that like brief intro. The first thing I'd love to touch on is what you were doing before Zevia. So let's dial it back. It's what I like to do at the beginning here, reel it in and go into your backstory a little bit. Absolutely.
1: So I grew up in the Boston area in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I grew up with a single mom and in an economically challenged household. And so from a very early age, I learned that if I wanted spending money, it was going to be self-generated. And so whether it was a paper route or a lemonade stand or mowing lawns or whatever, uh, I I guess I was always into entrepreneurial ventures from from pretty early on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Coming out of of graduate school, I ended up uh, somehow going to business school, despite being a Latin and Greek major in college. Um, So that is not a useless uh, major, folks. Uh, If you want to uh, get through college, study Latin and uh, you'll have a great time. But can you still speak both? Can you speak both languages? I can read and uh, I probably my vocabulary has slipped a bit uh, in the last (laughs) 30 years. But uh, but so I ended up at business school and coming out of business school, I just knew I wanted to do something that I felt good about personally. And I wanted to work for a small company. Right. And just through happenstance and writing 100 letters randomly at a time, I found this little company called Kashi, and it was a serial company in La Jolla, California. And it was one of those early brands to cross over from natural foods kind of into the mainstream consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so that was my intro to the natural foods business back in 1992. And so since then, 26 years, I've been doing that same thing Mm -hmm. is taking little natural brands and saying, what is it about this brand that would excite regular consumers and how can we use this to improve people's health just by one percent. We're not going to cure cancer, but how can we just make people feel a little bit better every day through what we eat and drink?
0: I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. They feel like on a lot of things, whether it is with their diet or their exercise routine or whatever the case may be, that. They have to make a dramatic shift when these 1% gains, like maybe for instance, you want to become a runner. Well, becoming a runner can be a little challenging, even though really all you have to do is lace up your shoes and get outside. But instead of getting up one day and saying, I'm going to go run a 5k, like you don't need to do that. You can just get up and run for five minutes.
1: Well, exactly. And I think so many people in today's world, because we're so stressed and, and always crunched for time, we want to find that solution, that magic bullet, that no effort, boom, right. it's done. Right. And and exercise isn't like that. Family life isn't like that. Careers aren't like that. No. There is no magic bullet. And so the idea of natural foods, to me, is just a little bit better, something that I'm, I can consume, enjoy, and it will make me feel a little bit better than the the fat laden or the artificially sweetened or the sugary stuff.
0: So did you grow up eating really healthy? Well, it's interesting. Uh, You
1: know, everybody uh, can look back and find things about their diet growing up that were probably really healthy and then things that were insane yeah totally. so my mom did shop at at uh bread and circus which was a predecessor of whole foods mm-hmm. and i thought it was normal to have steamed tofu for dinner <laughs> uh, so yes i grew up in that world but what was wild was in beverage we always had a two liter of coke in the in the fridge yeah and we didn't know any better Right. You know, and there weren't Zevias in those days. Uh, And we didn't have better for you beverages. And so while we had this freakishly healthy diet in some ways, Mm -hmm. we also had what we now know as a freakishly unhealthy diet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what's so fascinating. Even the the most dedicated person, you have those little Achilles heels in your diet Mm -hmm. uh, or in your exercise routine or in the way you conduct your world.
0: But. So you grew up eating really healthy, which is, is that what triggered your interest to kind of go into these health conscious brands, starting at Kashi and then moving forward or? Well,
1: I think for me, it's this idea that wellness
0: impacts the way
1: we feel every day and the way we operate. And, and I really do think of, you know, my body is just a machine right and we've all been through that when you have that annoying noise in your driving and you don't even know what it is but it is so distracting some banging or something it's the same way when you're going through your day and you don't feel physically good or you don't feel mentally good that affects everything you do so the whole idea of fueling your body with products and foods and beverages that make you feel good mm-hmm to fuel your performance, both mentally and physically, that's just core really to who I am and and to my philosophy.
0: So when did
1: you stop consuming sugar in your diet? So it was 2000. And I really do have to credit my wife, Jera, for kind of the epiphany um, because I thought I was healthy and we both thought we were healthy and I was doing triathlons and shopping at a natural food store and active. Mm -hmm. And then we sat down and we did a food journal for a week And I realized- It's a game changer. Oh my gosh. I realized I was getting 250 grams of sugar a day, all from what I thought were healthy products. So like what? Protein smoothies, a bunch of energy bars, juice-based spritzers, a little bit of unrefined cane crystals in my tea. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, all that stuff was sugar. Yeah. And I thought I was being healthy by eating a yogurt. Well, there was another 36 grams of sugar. And and That's a a loaded yogurt. Well, right. And so, so much of what we do, with processed foods, even natural ones, they're full of sugar. Right. So I was getting 1,000 calories a day from sugar. And we went off a sugar cold turkey, went out to a cabin in the woods, nearest grocery store 15 miles away, and we detoxed. And and I typically have a lot of skepticism about that whole concept of detoxing. Yeah. I physically broke out in hives, yeah. head to toe, all over my back, itchy red welts, because... My body was literally detoxing. Oh, my God. What happens when you stop consuming 250 grams of sugar? Your body goes into shock for a couple of days. That's insane. So for a week, I felt horrible. Finally, that passed and then started feeling better energy levels. I lost 10 pounds in a month, even though I wasn't trying to. Yeah. And that was 18 years ago. And so ever since, we've really maintained that low to no sugar diet. Whose
0: idea? Whose idea was it to go to the cabin?
1: The cabin was a key component of it all because you can't <laughs> cheat.
0: Right. Right? And it
1: was just the two of us. We're in the middle of the woods. And whatever groceries you brought is what you got. Yeah. Nuts and berries. Right.
0: (laughs) I guess that's my next question. What were you eating instead? So for me,
1: and, and one of the things we did at the beginning of this detox is we really went strict. And so dairy has sugar from lactose. Fruit has sugar. So my wife actually did no fruit or dairy for almost a whole month. Yeah. I wasn't quite as strict, um, but I was going really hard on protein. And so tons of of, I'm a meat eater. So I was eating a lot of chicken, a lot of lean red meat um, for the first few days. It was all I could do to kill the cravings.
0: Mm -hmm. I can definitely relate with this because I'm sure I when I was younger, I lost a ton of weight in college. And in doing so, a lot of that was writing down the things I was eating. But it was more so to keep track uh, overall and not so much to analyze specifically which foods had a ton of sugar. It was kind of just a food journal, pretty bland. I think today if I did that again, I would really have an awakening kind of like you had because I think a lot often about the foods I'm consuming that do have a lot of sugar. Whether it's added or not, uh, I definitely consume a ton of fruit. I think there's a lot of confusion about that.
1: Well, exactly. And I have uh, a friend, one of our sponsored athletes, who told me he was for a long time a fruitarian. Yeah, and, you know, that's a, that's an extreme diet and you're consuming mostly fruit in the form of smoothies. Wait, only fruit F- fruitarian. Yes. And, and you <laughs> also can consume that. things that are botanically fruits. So beans and legumes as well. Oh, um, tomatoes. But, yeah, exactly. Fruit. But so what was fascinating about that diet is when you're on it, if that's all you're doing, that that works. Wow. And what he told me, though, is he developed the sugar addiction and didn't realize it. And so once he started replacing just the shakes with regular foods, yeah, it was a disaster. Oh, my God. And so, you know, philosophically, I'm a big fan of just measurement. Right. Yeah. If you measure think something, you can control it, whether that's a workout or a diet or your performance at work. Right. And so uh, what we've evolved to at home is this whole idea of a, a sugar budget. Right. And so every day I consume 50 grams of sugar. Now I can get it from any source. I can eat a uh, you know half a pint of ice cream or I can have some milk and a banana and some other things during the day. But that's my budget. And yeah. some days I might go over, some days I'll underspend it. But just using that as a baseline kind of creates some measure of control over our behavior that we've been able to sustain for almost 20 years. Are you
0: still writing everything down?
1: Not writing it down at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's more mental. And again, it's like a budget. You know, I may have a budget when I go travel, gosh, at the end of the day, I may have overspent it one totally. day and then the next day we un- underspent it. But I don't have to write every single expenditure down. Right. So similarly, and, and it's the kind of thing that we've pushed it down to our kids now. So my nine year old daughter wants a lollipop. Well, is that what you want? Or do you want this banana? Or do you want Uh, a beverage that's sweetened and Mm -hmm. and typically you know the beverage is the first thing they push aside i'd much rather eat ice cream than drink a lemonade yeah Um, but that whole concept of having a baseline and and having some quantification of it makes it so much easier to stay on track
0: it's really special that you're teaching your kids what's in their food Because like you, while I was growing up, you know, we were my father's Italian. We were making bacon, egg and cheeses in the morning. My mom makes an amazing omelet. We at night were doing everything from Chinese food to pizza because my mom worked nights. So dad was just trying to do the best he could with what he had. And I think a lot about what we were consuming at the time. And I wasn't really educated as to what was in my food.
1: Well, exactly. And I think so much of, of Bad habits comes from just not knowing. Yeah, right. Why did people smoke cigarettes for so many years? Well, because we were being fed lies that it didn't kill you. Right. Yeah. Right. As soon as people were confronted with the reality that smoking cigarettes will kill you early guess what? Cigarette consumption plummeted. Right. People want to do the right thing. And so it's just about knowing what you're doing. That's the first step toward doing the right thing.
0: Before we talk a little bit more about your backstory, I think I need to address the elephant in the room, which is I need to talk just about the concept of diet soda. I've read the research that says that people that consume diet soda, they had a 70% greater increase in waist circumference compared to non-diet soda drinkers. I'm just trying to sort through all the stats. Sure.
1: Well, and I think, you know, there's connection and there's causation. And certainly there is a, a long scientifically proven and established connection between diet soda consumption and weight gain. Yeah. Now, does that mean that diet soda promotes weight gain? Maybe, maybe not, we really don't know scientifically, but we certainly know that people who drink diet soda gain weight. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's a philosophical component to that as well, because this whole concept, what is a diet? It's a temporary state that gets us to a place we're not in today. Right, because it's not a lifestyle. Well, already that makes no sense at all. Yeah. What happens when we get to that place? Do we give up? Do we go back to where we were? It's not a diet if it's an ongoing state, yeah. right? And so to your point, it's a lifestyle, Yeah. right? What do we call it when we fix the banging noise in our car or when we filled up our tire? There's no name for that. It's called a a car that runs well.
0: Right, right. Right?
1: And so when you're when you've optimized your nutrition, is that a diet? No, that's just life. Right. And so so I think the whole idea of of for me, whether it's career, family life or health, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And and it would be great if we could arrive and say, okay, I'm in shape now. I'm done or I'm healthy now, or I'm a great dad now. Well, right. guess what? <laughs> None of those things have an end point. And right. I may have been a great dad yesterday, but I got to get up and do it again today.
0: Right. Interesting. So what do you at Zevia do to kind of counteract a lot of this feedback that I'm sure you're getting constantly from either your consumer or other people in the industry that have an opinion about your product?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the first thing we say is, it's not diet soda. Well, this isn't about a diet. Right. Uh, we have a zero calorie alternative that is demonstrably better than what people drink, which is sugary beverages. Right. Okay. Right. And so that's one piece in your overall dietary regimen. Are you never going to consume sugar? Of course not. Right. But pick your moments. And so one of the things that's fascinating that we're seeing, and I think it's a great sign is that younger consumers today have really rejected that whole diet label. Mm hmm. Right, from a psychological standpoint, it's it's horrific, right? This idea that where there's something wrong with us that we got to fix because of society. Right, right, right. It's called living. Yeah. And so young people have rejected the label diet. And similarly, they've rejected artificially sweetened diet products. Uh-huh. And so Zevia shoppers who are younger, a lot of times we'll talk to them and they have a classic Coke sometimes. So they have a sugary beverage sometimes. But their go-to is a zero calorie, naturally sweetened drink like Zevia. Mm-hmm so sugar has a role as an occasional treat right stevia as a zero calorie natural sweetener has a daily role and why do we need that aspartame stuff right it's just a a a bad imitation of the stuff we want to indulge in so what's in zevia so zevia is really simple it's basically for simple plant-based ingredients it's water Mm -hmm. natural flavors stevia which is a plant-based sweetener with no calories and a little bit of citric acid to control the pH of the product.
0: Where does the name come from? So
1: the name is almost synonymous with stevia, our primary sweetening ingredient. And, and stevia, frankly, is, it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. It's a plant in the sunflower family. So it's about as basic and natural as it gets. And if you chew that leaf, it's literally 200 times as sweet as sugar oh, wow. with no calories and no impact on blood sugar. And we don't make any health claims around Zevia, but there is some emerging evidence that shows that not only does Stevia not impact blood sugar, it actually could help control blood glucose levels. Hmm. They found that in rats and mice. So we haven't done those human trials yet, but wow, that's pretty promising. Right. So when we think about what's really the biggest public health challenge facing the world in many ways, it's sugar consumption. In the next fifty years, a third of the world would be diabetic. Jesus. And it's just because of our
0: diet. I forget what the stat was I read the other day, and I'm gonna it's something wrong, but I wanna say it's like sixty to seventy percent of America is now considered obese. Yeah. That's well, probably and, wrong. And where it's... does
1: it start? We drink forty seven gallons of soda on average per year. Really? Forty seven gallons. Jesus. So that is a lot of soda. And yeah. so imagine if that's 47 gallons of sugar sweetened soda, yikes. Yeah. If it's 47 gallons of Diet Coke, not so great.
0: Yeah. I mean, and neither so, are gosh, if you could
1: take 40 of those gallons and shift them to Zevia, you've just taken so much sugar out of your diet. And that's one of the things we tell people. So statistics show half of added sugar comes from beverages. Mm-hmm. So I said to people, if you want to be healthy, you just want to do one thing, eat all the nachos you want, eat all the fat you want. <laughs> if you only took sugary beverages and swapped them out for non-sweetened or zero calorie beverages, you cut your sugar in half overnight.
0: Right. What drew you to Zevia to begin with? Because if I remember correctly from our, our phone call, you met the, the guys behind the, the brand at a booth. At, at a, a trade show booth. At a trade And show. I said, you
1: know what? I'm a consumer of one, but first of all, what's the craziest thing you could ever do in business? And what right? year is this? This is 2010. Okay. 2010, if I thought about it, what's the the dumbest or craziest thing I could ever do? I'm gonna take Coca-Cola on head to head. I'm gonna go and say, you know what? That red can that billions of people around the world drink, I'm gonna replace that with a better beverage. Mm-hmm. That sounds nuts, right? Yeah. And in 2010, it was nuts, but no one had ever done it. And so that was half of the excitement. The other half was, wow, here's this can of cola, no calories, no sugar, naturally sweetened. I would consume this. Mm-hmm. There's gotta be people like me out there. right? And so it started out as a, as a fascination, and over the last eight years, it became a mission. Mm-hmm. And so we started getting letters from people saying, wow, you've changed my life. I just had a baby and, and nothing that I wanted more than a a cola. Yeah. And I just, I I couldn't do that to my kid. And I'm, I found Zevia. Yeah. I'm diabetic or I have kidney disease. I found Zevia. I'm a CrossFit athlete Mm -hmm. and I lost a hundred pounds and I found Zevia. Wait, but how did you, how did you kind of infiltrate the system? Well, one (laughs) of the things we did first is we said, Who out there wants a product like this? Yeah. What's the first target? And so you start experimenting. Well, uh, I had a young family and I knew what's the first thing that a kid wants when they're five or six or seven years old. They want soda. Yeah. And and it's really tough to explain to a young child why soda isn't something I'm going to give you. Wouldn't it be easier if I just had something I felt good about that I could give them?
0: Yeah, but how did you, Patty, infiltrate the Zevia family? Like, did you just well, walk up to them and you're like, "You guys, I I'm gonna come work with you guys now"? That's I got exactly.
1: that's a great question, and <laughs> I guess I got them excited about that. I'm I'm ready to climb this mountain, yeah, uh, and climb to the top or die trying, yeah. And uh, and I think it was just that excitement and that commitment to taking on the big guys, big soda, and and changing the world, right you know, when you start out, you're just trying to kind of sell a few cans and survive. But as I said, very quickly, we realized this is a product that's changing people's lives. This right. is really a mission. Right. And um, what's so cool is, as as we've grown now, we realize we're the only company in beverage who exists. We wake up every day to improve people's public health. Mm. I'm not sure many other companies, certainly not in the carbonated world, can say right. that. Right, You know, Monster Energy, Rockstar, Coca-Cola, great brands. They're not trying to help people be more healthy.
0: Okay, so you're working at Kashi and things are going well. And at that time, you told me that you were dealing with uh, a lot in your personal life. That's
1: exactly right. You know, in 1995, uh, my brother was killed tragically in a car accident and and on the job car accident, 26 years old and um, not something I ever imagined would happen. Right. I think of my life before Colin died and after. Yeah. Two different lives. Yeah. Really. Wow. And, and That's it, so interesting. It, you know, I remember it's it, 20 Plus years later, yeah. it's like it was yesterday, and yeah. and that next that day, everything changed for me. And I had never experienced loss on that level. This is the person I was closest to in the world, and it really completely changed the way I thought about everything in my life. Um, and starting with, I guess, this idea of risk. You know, the whole idea of what risk is was turned upside down because we're led to believe that so many things in our life are consequential when, you know, whether it's how does my hair look today or did I get to work on time or whatever? And ultimately, uh, in the grand scheme of things, those things are fairly meaningless. Right. Um, and when you lose someone very close to you, I think you realize what loss is and what risk is going bankrupt. That's like a joke compared to losing your best friend yeah, or your brother or your mom or whatever. And right. so for me, it was I realized that my life could end at any moment like his had and that i had to make the most of every day and that all these things that i thought were so scary and and risky ultimately were pretty inconsequential
0: so what were some of the risks that you were kind of avoiding before this
1: well you know from a business standpoint you have this perspective that's been told to you that you kind of work your way up and you do things that are gradually more and more challenging or you roll rise within an organization and then suddenly you're at the top and i realized well, well that's garbage right? right i can go out and start a company um you know pushing your body what's the craziest thing i can do well i'm not an awesome swimmer maybe i should try and swim from alcatraz to san francisco and that you sounds did that after he really passed away. scary and i did that <laughs> and i was like okay we don't know what's going to happen sharks current cold water um, but i survived and then i think that's the kind of thing that to me was able to bring the joy back into life is to realize that I could do things and the consequences were, you know what, I'm still here and 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 this is what life is about, is, yeah. is challenging yourself and pushing yourself and taking those risks because we don't know how long we're going to be around.
0: So would you say you're more of a risk taker after, I mean, you said that happened in 1995, so you're more of a risk taker now?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I think I was a risk taker without realizing it. Yeah. Um, but again, the calculation of what risk even was and the consequences completely changed after that.
0: Swimming from Alcatraz
1: to the coast is frightening. It is the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> the first time I ever did it, I threw up how, in the water. <laughs> how long is that? Oh my! How long is that distance? It's a mile and a half. And for folks who are strong swimmers, you know that's not a, as much a daunting distance. Yeah, it's the current that's really tough. The water's freezing cold. Right. There's definitely waves, and uh, you know, in a controlled environment, they're going to save you. But in real life, you'd get swept out to sea if you're not fast enough.
0: Right. Um,
1: so yeah, it, it is like, it's one of those gut wrenching things you finish and you're like, I can do anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel running marathons. It's like you cross the marathon finish line and like life is your oyster and I can do anything I set my mind to and I'm victorious. Well, all exactly. Things. And I think that's, that's for me,
1: such a key part of how I get inspired is finding little things like that, that just become victories and and ultimately you can find those things in smaller and smaller and smaller ways. Mm -hmm you know, I made it to work on time today. I got the kids to school on time. That's a tiny victory. Yeah. You know, against all odds, we left the house early. We got a couple of good traffic lights and we made it. Yeah. Um, So I try to find those little victories and and
0: challenges and everything. So did you find that uh, after this tough time in your life, you were working at Kashi? Did you kind of reevaluate where you were in your business and your career? I did.
1: And um, within a month I left, I resigned wow because i said you know what i need to i need to go out and find what it is that i need to do um and and ended up starting a business almost immediately after that what what business it was a, a market research uh company um basically we got data from retail stores like whole foods and what they were selling and then provided that to brand owners mm-hmm. um so that was started in 95 and companies still around 100 and something employees and wow um, so yeah it's gratifying but again, that never would have started if I hadn't said, you know what, there are billion dollar companies that sell data, but I can do it better and I can just go out there and try and do it. Are you still involved in that at all? I'm not, but I'm, uh, I'm a user of the data now. And so <laughs> I'm happy to say we did benefit companies like Zevia in terms of having information on what's happening in the market.
0: So you were there until 2010? Uh, I was there actually till '03, and
1: uh, sold the business in 2004. In and then I spent a few years in, in hair and skincare. Uh, again, something I know nothing about. <laughs> I tunnel. have hair, um, but, uh, but I didn't know anything about it. And, and again, for me, it's about learning. Great! Like, gosh, what could I learn? Well, I learned how shampoos made. Uh-huh. I learned a lot about anti-aging skincare. Uh, I then got into color cosmetics, and I know a lot about loose versus pressed powders and and all sorts of crazy makeup stuff. So, yeah. for me, it's just about learning and being stimulated by what I'm doing and getting excited about.
0: That. Is it not? Was it natural makeup?
1: It was. Yeah, and we <laughs> had some we had some non-natural stuff as well, and I yeah. learned, you know, what harsh chemicals like benzoyl peroxide do to your skin. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was a great experience. And again, it's just about learning and, and trying to help people. When you met the
0: guys at the trade show, what were you
1: there doing? I was there looking to figure out what I was going to do next. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, I saw this product ZV, and I said, wow, this thing would could change people's lives and I could really get excited about selling it.
0: taking a break from today's episode to give a shout out to my sponsor, Athletic Greens. Guys, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you've never had a green juice that you've liked, Athletic Greens is going to change that. Not because it's a juice, of course. It's a powder. You shake it up with water. But I have never liked the taste of greens anything until I opened my first bag of this. It's not bitter. It's got a hint of sweetness. And when I shake it up with about 10 to 12 ounces of water in the morning, it's a refreshing way to start my day that I know is going to help me kick things off in the right direction. They're offering hurdle listeners a special deal. It's 20 free travel packs, a $79 value with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com hurdle to claim it. No code necessary. Again, go grab 20 free travel packs. It's athleticgreens.com hurdle. Let's get back to it. So often I'll hear someone talk about their day to day and that they're not exactly, they don't love their job or what they're doing. And my question is always then, what are you doing to change that? And I think to put yourself out there and to even go to something as simple as a trade show and try something new, it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, there's trade shows all the time, but no one does stuff like that.
1: Well, exactly. And I think even more so, we all do things in our personal lives that, that, frankly, could become businesses. Yeah. Right. So years before Zevia ever existed, my wife and I used to make our own ginger ale, you know, a little bit of carbonated water, liquid stevia, ginger and lemon. Mm -hmm. That's all that's in ginger ale. Yeah. We were doing that ourselves. And so it's not rocket science to put that into a can. Right. And and yet I think, you know, what are the things that prevent people? It's not technical. It's really not financial. It's that terrifying feeling of what if I fail? Well, after you've lost someone, you've already experienced the worst that you're ever going to feel. Failure is, is tiny. Who cares? Yeah. Well, you know, we fail every day. And, and it's one of the reasons I love doing martial arts is I get my ass kicked every single time I go to a class. And it's usually by someone smaller or less experienced or whatever. And it's just humbling. Yeah. It makes you realize, you know what, we're going to fall down and we got to get back up again. How long have you been doing martial arts? A long time. I started wrestling in fifth grade, so I did eight years of wrestling and I've been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu since 2001 with some breaks in between and kickboxing for seven years. So a long time. Um, But it's one of those things. There is no end point. You know, Bruce Lee famously said, no one knows karate. We all practice and study karate. It feels like yoga when you call right. yoga a practice. Yeah, you don't know yoga. There's no point where you're like, okay, I'm done. No, <laughs> never. I mastered it.
0: I never feel like I'm done with yoga. On the subject of failures, what would you say has been uh, one of your most quote unquote successful failures to date, either with Zevia or with uh, aside from that completely? Well, uh,
1: here's an example of failure uh, at Zevia that that then we were able to turn around. So um One of the things we did a couple of years ago is we took caramel color out of all of our products. So typically things like cola and root beer are colored brown because of caramel color. Well, we started getting letters from our fans and we did some additional research and we found that caramel color in zero calorie drinks was linked to cancer. Well, Mm. that sounds horrible, right? Right. We had a moral obligation to remove that ingredient. Uh, And so we did so. Uh, But as any neuroscientist will tell you, our brain is, um, receives indications by what color a beverage is as to what it's supposed to taste like. Cola mm. is supposed to be brown. Right. We got literally thousands of letters from fans saying, This stuff tastes horrible. It's not brown. <laughs> uh, well, so that's a disaster, right? When you're number one product, you're getting literally thousands of letters from people saying, This is messed up. Um, so what do we do? Well, we said, Well, gosh, we got to go back to these people and involve them in the solution. So we actually engaged 3,000 fans of ours in a co-creation exercise. We went back, worked on the products, and we sent them cans and said, okay, can A, can B, which do you like more? And we got fantastic feedback from the people who care the most, the people who drink the product every day. Long story short, we put that revised formula into a can and
0: sales skyrocketed. Interested, and is it brown?
1: No, it's clear, it's still clear, but we were able to just tweak some of the flavor notes. And ultimately people realized, Do I want to drink a cancer causing chemical or do I want to have this stuff that looks a little different, but I feel better about?
0: Yeah. What about what about personally in terms of um, some hardships that you've gone through? What would you say has been one of the most difficult times that's taught you the most?
1: This last year, uh, I had a, uh, a health issue. I woke up one day and I got a detached retina. Oh, my God. Uh, And it wasn't kickboxing or jujitsu. It was out of nowhere. And uh, between June and October of 2018, I had four eye surgeries. Oh, my goodness. Um, And for folks who haven't had eye surgery, it is not fun. I've had a bunch of sports surgeries, and those were easy by comparison, because when you're recovering from eye surgery, or at least retina surgery, you can't read, you can't write, you can't work out at all, you can't lie down. Uh, And everyone's different. But my position, as it were, I had to sit up for four weeks During that time, uh, I was a horrible parent, and I wasn't a good friend, and I probably wasn't a very good coworker, and I certainly didn't work out with any of my training partners. And so I felt like I was failing in the worst way possible, and yet I still was alive. Right. (laughs) And I still had to go through all that and figure out how the hell do I get through every day feeling physically lousy, feeling mentally terrible, and feeling like this is never going to end. Right. So what did you do? So I meditated a lot, yeah, and I I just focused on what I could control, which is frankly my breath, yeah, and listened to music and said, okay, it's one o'clock. I know two o'clock is gonna come, and then it's gonna be three, and eventually I'll be able to go to sleep, and wake up tomorrow, yeah. And um, it was really really tough, and and one of the things that we're not good at a lot of times is being vulnerable, right? You know, my kids saw me in the states they had never seen me before, and for the first time my nine-year-old started saying, dad, are you okay? Yeah. And that's not something kids typically do with their parents. And so what a humbling experience right, to have your small children say, are you okay? Are you doing okay, dad? Yeah. So it was uh, it was really tough. And again, I focused on trying to be a little bit better at trying to heal 1% every day.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's really hard uh, as a parent or as a friend or even as a partner, whatever capacity, we always want to be okay for the people that we surround ourselves with. And to be able to be vulnerable and honest, it's scary.
1: It is. And there were long periods of time where I didn't even want to go outside because I felt so vulnerable. I didn't want people to see me. Yeah. Um, And uh, so, yeah, what a humbling experience. And again, though, that idea of tomorrow is going to just be a little bit better. Just I won't have that pain like a a nail being hammered into the back of my eyeball Um, or my vision might be a tiny bit better or whatever. Um, And so it's just kind of one step at a time. Let's just get through the day.
0: How are you handling uh, your business while you were kind of in this recovery? Well, I am
1: so fortunate. My wife is just unbelievable. Um, We woke up the first day after my first surgery and I had 150 emails in my inbox and I couldn't read. Yeah. And she read every email to me and I dictated responses.
0: Oh my and it gosh. was one of those
1: things. You're either going to hate each other after a day or you're going to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. And uh, and we made it work. But um, thank goodness for Jarrah because it was really challenging.
0: I think that that's also something when people don't want to find a solution, they won't. But if you do, then you find the will inside to pivot and figure out how to, you know, navigate going well, forward. Well,
1: not only that, but you also realize, you know, there were some things that I... I thought so that I was so certain about that turned out to be totally wrong. Yeah. Like what? Well, like, gosh, if I don't get involved in the color on this new can that we're creating, everything's going to fall apart. Well, guess what? I was out of the office for eight weeks, pretty unavailable, and things worked really well. Yeah, And so one of the things I was able to do is start to try and make that list and figure out what I could let go of. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly realized that staring at my phone all day wasn't adding a lot to my life. Right. And so when I couldn't read for eight weeks, guess what? I didn't look at the phone at all. Yeah. And, and the world continued. Yeah. Um, and so little things like that. And it's it's about then just that idea of kind of reassessing. And, you know, we, do, we talk about spring cleaning. Well, we can do spring cleaning in our lives. We can do that almost every week. Yeah. And we can say, what are the things that I'm doing that maybe aren't adding to my life? and What are the things that I really want to do more of? Yeah. What else during that time did you realize you needed to kind of sweep under the rug and get rid of? Uh, Well, certainly phone addiction, this idea that vulnerability, I think is really important. And yeah. so the idea that I'm going to go through life, just kind of everything's perfect. Well, that doesn't work anymore. Right, I got a bad eye now. I didn't realize I'd ever have a bad eye.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> it just <happens. laughs> I never realized that was going to happen.
1: No, no. And, you know, when you get eight stitches in your eyeball in a four month period, you realize, wow, this really sucks. And so uh, regular life is that much sweeter. And at the same time, you know, 15 hours into a day, my eye is telling me, hey, you got to stop reading now because those eight stitches are getting really dried out and uncomfortable. And I feel like I got a hair in my eye. Yeah. So so those reminders and those kind of things that say, you know what? Enjoy what's good. Keep in mind that things aren't always going to be perfect.
0: I think especially also as a parent, I was watching the Today Show last week and I want, I think his name is pronounced Devin still, his daughter had cancer and for so long the both of them were trying to be strong for each other and he wasn't crying around her and she wasn't crying around him, which is so wise beyond her years because she's so young. She finally said to him, like, does this not upset you? And he was like, I've been trying not to be upset in front of you. I've been trying to be strong for you. She's like, it's okay to be upset. She's like, cause I'm upset. Right. And, and that's like such a strong lesson. And oh my God, to learn that type of thing at such a young age, Absolutely. it's invaluable.
1: Well, yeah. And I think we have to accept that, you know, um, we're going to have failure in life. We're going to have loss. And if we can be comfortable with that and just try and do our best and enjoy the good parts, you know, as they say, if you don't have sadness, you, there's no such thing as joy.
0: Right. Wow.
1: Right. What is joy in the absence of sadness? It's just regular feeling. Right. Yeah. So it's the negative allows
0: you to understand the positive. So what are some of the things in your day to day now that bring you joy?
1: Uh, Watching my kids get inspired and learn. So, you know, one of the best experiences we've had in our family in the last few months has been um, watching my nine year old daughter start to do sports. So she's never competed in any kind of sport. And she started doing cross-country running in third grade. OK, so it's very they have early. That for yeah, third they, well, they competed against a lot of running clubs. And these kids and cool. nine-year-olds in a running club are very serious. And so it was really, really tough. And my daughter had never done a race. And, and the first one, I was like, that was kind of a wake-up call. She's like, yeah, this <laughs> is really hard running two miles. Um, but over the last few months, she's realized how to push her body. And she's realized that you know, each race was more fun than the last. And it didn't matter if she was last or second to last or first.
0: And that's invaluable. About too.
1: Exactly. And so just this idea of pushing yourself and and feeling the good things that come from that has been incredible.
0: And how old is your other daughter?
1: My other daughter is seven. Okay. And so, you know, similarly, she's been pushing herself in ways. And so um, this Saturday we were at a spelling bee <laughs> and Wow, you know, that is really get up in front of 100 adults and kids and spell words on stage. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, It's really scary. I think I'm
0: still scarred from spelling bees when I was like And at the
1: same time, it's so exciting, you know, uh, seeing somebody spell garbanzo. And my kids looking at me and smiling, knowing they know how to spell garbanzo (laughs) because we practiced it.
0: You meet the guys at the trade show you start here at zevia what would you say so far in your time here has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in your current position uh is to think big
1: yeah you know is to to do crazy stuff and and when we started it was just about can we sell a few cans of this thing that's better than diet coke and then suddenly we realized wow we're changing people's lives and now you know we got a statistic the other day that In the total soda category, in zero-calorie soda, Zevia is adding the third most dollars to the category after Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Those are billion-dollar brands. And then we're growing almost as much as those guys. That's incredible. We're Mm -hmm. a tiny little brand, and yet we are changing people's lives. And so I think the the most exciting thing is this realization that there's – Billions of people around the world who could benefit from what we have,
0: and we're going to find a way to get our product to them. What types of offerings does Xevia have? Because it's not just Zevia's version of cola. Well, exactly. So we started out with soda
1: um, because that's a drink that, as I said, 47 gallons a year the average American drinks. 90% of Americans drink soda. And then we started looking at other categories and we said, gosh, uh, energy drinks, you know, Great idea. We all love caffeine, but what about taurine? How much are we supposed to drink of that? And all these other weird chemicals and colors and stuff. So we made a clean energy drink. We made clean mixers. You know, people love drinking Moscow mules, but who needs 50 grams of sugar from the ginger beer? Right. And sparkling water and now organic tea. You know, I grew up loving tea and wouldn't organic tea be awesome if it didn't have 30 grams of sugar. Mm. So One by one, we're just finding those ways that we can improve people's lives for every member of the family every time a day. And how can we give people something that they can trust and believe in?
0: So that's a huge lesson. What do you think has been one of the biggest challenges? Well, certainly,
1: you know, fighting Coca-Cola company every day and, and PepsiCo, you know, those are $100 billion companies with uh, hundred years of expertise.
0: Yeah.
1: And eight years ago, I'd never sold a can of soda in my life. Yeah. I was a rank amateur. Yeah. And uh, and so the idea that you know it's so humbling, competing against folks who've been doing it for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the toughest thing. Is yeah. you know, uh, Coca Cola is one of the most recognized brands around the world. And so that's the challenge, the opportunity. If you ask 100 people who wants to drink more Coke next year, not many will say yes. Right. And so that's what's so exciting. We've got this Everest we're trying to climb, but we know if we can get part way up that mountain, it's gonna be really fun and exciting.
0: In terms of uh, obviously cutting out uh, added sugars and keeping a budget every day, what are kind of other nutritional guidelines that you adhere to or things that you keep in mind when you're going about your day?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, in, for one of the things that I think is always hard for anyone who's trying to restrict their intake of something is you got to replace it with something. Yeah. Right. And, and everything is a fat, a carb or a sugar. I mean, or, or a uh, protein, excuse me. And so if we take out a lot of sugar. We're taking out a lot of carbs. So what are we going to eat? Um, so for me, I try to eat a lot of protein, um, mm-hmm. do a lot of lean meat. I consume a lot of dairy just because that works for me. But I, I consume a lot of pea protein as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we consume a fair amount of fat, be satiating. Mm-hmm. You know, cashews and almonds are very filling and high calorie, uh, but they don't have any sugar.
0: So obviously you've come in here and done a lot with Zevia um, and you have a history of doing a lot with some really great brands. So what do you think is on the horizon then?
1: Well... Our categories that we compete in are six hundred and fifty billion dollars globally. Wow! And as I mentioned earlier, you know, a third of the world is going to be diabetic in the next 50 years. This is one of the, the biggest, if not the biggest public health challenges globally. You know, I think today we're just in the U.S. and Canada. And yet every day of the week we're getting inquiries from around the world. And sugar consumption is a global public health challenge. And people in Malaysia and people in France and people in Iceland are concerned about it and people in Mexico. And so there's global demand for products like ours. And I think, you know, I won't be satisfied until people around the world can get off of sugar using Zevia. Uh, Nowadays, when I travel around the country, I can always get Zevia within a mile or two of where I am. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So we still got some work to do. Uh, If I go to the airport, You know, tougher to find if I go to a movie, if I'm going to a college football game. um, But those are all venues we're working on. I love that college football game. I walk
0: into the stadium and that's the first thing I'm running for. Exactly.
1: Well, hey, if I go to a CrossFit event, that's the first thing I'm going to do is get my Zevia. They have it there. Yeah. Uh, Have you been to the games before? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. It's incredible. And so, you know, when we think about inspirations, I do have to name Brent Fakowski is one of our athletes. Brent is phenomenal. Katrin David's daughter, two-time winner of the Games. Unbelievable. But mm-hmm. honestly, for me, my biggest inspiration is a young woman named Kayla Stefano.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Kayla is uh, last year as a 17-year-old competed in the CrossFit Games. She's won it twice before as a teenager. And last year she finished third. And it was just wild watching her and watching her demeanor during the games. And I learned so much from this young woman. When you've won twice and then you come in third, how do you deal with that? Well, the way she dealt with it, a smile on her face, a hug for her competitor, and just the most incredible attitude of perseverance and learning. And wow, that's what I want to be like. I want to be like Kayla
0: Stefano. 17 years old. She's incredible. That lifting, lifting any lifting the amount of weight that they lift on the regular already blows my mind. But to think about being able to do that at 17 is mind boggling.
1: She's also the junior national uh, champion in Olympic lifting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she is a powerhouse.
0: Aside from uh, the CrossFitters you mentioned, who else are Zevia athletes?
1: Uh, We also have a a bunch of UFC folks. So Nathan Diaz uh, in the UFC, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, Mm -hmm. uh, two fighters are are Zevia athletes. So, you know, what's neat about our brand is there are people who are just trying to do extreme things. And sometimes that extreme thing is just fight kidney disease or lose weight because I just had a baby or keep my kids healthy. Um, But, you know, we're a brand that that fuels those adventures for people of all walks of life. And that's what's so
0: cool. So these CrossFitters inspire you. Who else outside of that?
1: You know, I'm inspired by a lot of folks. Um, I'd say in the natural foods business, there is a number of people who have really changed the world who inspire me. There's a gentleman named Mark Retzloff. And Mark uh, is amazing. He started Horizon Organic Dairy, the largest uh, branded organic dairy products company. And I'm a big Horizon fan. Mark also started an original natural foods business uh, retailer called Alfalfas. So he's been um, kind of in the early stage of many of these classic natural foods brands. He's a guy who's in his early 70s and he's still working and he's still working to help the next generation of entrepreneurs kind of navigate this whole landscape. So folks like that inspire me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an opportunity to meet Bud Selig, who at the time was the outgoing commissioner of baseball. Uh, Mr. Selig was 80 years old when we met and just so incredible. Scary guy to be negotiating with, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be across the table from him, but as an individual so inspiring, he had already decided what his next job would be. At 80, he was retiring from baseball and he was going to go teach a class at University of Wisconsin on the history of baseball. How I was fun. like, man, that's what I want to be like at 80. I want to have my next challenge already mapped out. Yeah. Wow.
0: What a cool way to segue into retirement.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, that... When you realize, to him, that's not even a retirement. That's just life. Yeah. Life is going through and inspiring people and sharing what you've learned over the years.
0: I love that. Okay. So we're winding down here. What I love to ask uh, my guests kind of as a closer of sorts is if you had the opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice back in 1995, your brother just passed away, you're obviously going through a lot emotionally and you're kind of reevaluating your entire career path. What advice would you offer Patty then? I would tell myself
1: that um, find the craziest risks that you can take and go after those. Yeah. And um, and fortunately, I, I think I did end up there, uh, but I might have done some other things differently in the meantime, uh, because I did. I think follow to some extent what people thought I should do versus what was really in my heart at times. And so, you know, I would tell people to follow what's in your heart. And as long as you're doing that with all of your energy and all of your commitment, it's probably gonna work out well.
0: I love it. Patty, thanks so much for sitting down with me.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me. Amazing.
0: Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link or the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at Emily at Hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Hurdle Podcast. Patty, where do they find you? Where do they find Zevia? Give me all the deets.
1: So they can go to uh, any local grocery store or natural product store. Zevia.com, Z-E-V-I-A.com or Amazon.com.
0: And are you active on social media?
1: Yes. Go to our Instagram at Zevia.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. I am at Emily Abadi. Another Hurdle. Conquered. Catch you guys next time.